G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Coming up today on The Story. Yes, born and bred Salvation Army, and with the music, of course, Salvation Army is synonymous for brass bands. And I didn't really have the lips or, I don't know, I just didn't really want to play a brass instrument, so I got into percussion. So at school I was quite into the percussion and the drums. So, yeah. The Story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, today we have a somewhat unusual interview in that it was recorded in a car while stuck in traffic. Yes, that's right. Karen Hunt was riding in a car with Christian radio man Steve McKenna on the way to the studio when they got caught in a traffic jam. So they decided to make the best of the situation and they recorded the interview right there. Steve McKenna shares his story and how he became involved in audio production and recording some of his own singing. Good morning, Steve. How are you doing? I'm very good, Karen. How are you doing? We're actually on the M1 at the moment. Uh, the traffic is stopped and mm, good car park. It really is. Can't get out of it. So we're being incredibly spontaneous, thinking, well, let's just share a cuppa and, uh, you know, some stage down the line, I'll share it with the listeners. So, Steve, isn't technology a wonderful thing? That's something that you work with every single day. Absolutely, yes. It's amazing what we can do these days with audio, recording stuff, and we can do it pretty much anywhere. So audio production has been something that you've been involved with for quite a while. Let's kind of rewind and before we find out how you got into the world of radio, where was it that you were actually born and bred? And for you as a little boy, Steve, what was life like? Okay, I was born in a little country town in Victoria named Wangaratta. To the locals, they'd know it as Wang. And um, I lived there till I was about the age of, the ripe old age of about three, I think, from memory. Then we moved to um, St Albans, northern suburb of uh, Melbourne, uh, northwest or western suburb of Melbourne, really. And uh, was there for a couple of years. Then we moved to Sunshine, not too far away from there as well. So grew up in uh, Sunshine, the western suburbs of Melbourne, and uh, it was um, interesting. It's a very multicultural area, and I think even more so these days. I haven't been back there for a long while, but. Uh, yeah, schooling was interesting. I uh, I changed schools a, a couple of times. I started school as in primary school at St Albans and then uh, changed schools to Sunshine. I remember, I'm old enough to remember corporal punishment. <laughs> yes, I am. I'm old enough to remember going to, uh, I had to go to the bathroom, but the bell had already gone. And yes, I remember lining up at the principal's office for the appropriate punishment at the time, which was uh, a big ruler. Ouch. Yes, ouch. <laughs> I'm scarred terribly, really. <laughs> so other than that, were you a good student, my friend? Look, I was I was a perfect student. I really was. My mother would say I'm telling big, fat whoppers right now, but no, I was a, I was a pretty good student. That was the only time I really got any severe punishment at school was for that 
slight misdemeanour. So uh, I thought I was rather hard done by, to be honest. But anyway. Yeah, I wouldn't really think that that was called for. <laughs> Not really. But uh, no, I enjoyed school and uh, my favourite subjects at school, especially going into uh, high school and technical school, was uh, music. I was really into the music. I grew up in the uh, Salvation Army. I go into the Salvation Army and um, just sort of moving on a little bit. So your whole family were involved in your local Salvation Army church? Were there other siblings? You didn't mention brothers or sisters. Oh, do I have to mention them? Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so I have one sister and one brother, one mother, one father. That's a you know, pretty average family. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, look, we all grew up in the Salvation Army. My uh, grandparents on my father's side, they were Salvation Army officers. Uh, they've since passed on and gone to the Lord. And uh, my great-grandparents on my mum's side were also Salvation Army officers. And uh, my great-grandfather from my mum's side actually wrote some of the Salvation Army hymns way back when in the deep dark ages of the <laughs> of history. But um, yes, so uh, uh, yes, born and bred Salvation Army and with the music, of course, Salvation Army is synonymous for brass bands. And I didn't really have the lips or, I don't know, I just didn't really want to play a brass instrument, so I got into percussion. So at school I was quite into the percussion and the drama, so uh, yeah. What about your other siblings? Did they get into that as well? No, no, they didn't get into the music side of things. My brother's actually disabled, but uh, he enjoys the music. I remember um, sharing a room with him. I was, it was about eight years' age difference between us, and uh, shared a room with him for a long while. And every night would be the same brass band music, putting him to sleep and driving me crazy. But <laughs> but. Uh, he, Whilst he's really into the music he likes, he was never able to learn an instrument. And my sister, she never learnt to play an instrument. She learnt to play the timbrel, though, which is also synonymous with the Salvation Army. So she was in the timbrel brigade. And, uh, yes, we uh, we went to one of the, uh, well, I guess at the time, one of the large corps. They call all churches, if you like, in the Salvation Army in Melbourne. Back to your brother. You said eight years difference. Is that older or younger? He's younger. How did that affect your life then, being that much older than him and sharing a room and sharing life? Oh, it didn't really bother me too much, apart from the um, annoying music that kept me awake every night. It was the same music every night. Yeah, still love him. He's my brother. His disability is spina bifida. I was uh, diagnosed, at, I think, uh, late in the pregnancy from memory uh, with my mum. And uh, unfortunately, he's paralysed completely from the waist down. So it, it did, it did uh, provide many challenges on its own for my, my mum. And I must actually mention my mum right now. She's uh, 70 and still looking after my brother now. He still lives at home and he's 24-hour care. And at 70, she's still at home looking after him every day. She changes him, helps him with everything, helps him even shower. You know, she has to do everything, a lot of things for him. If they've ever, I think there's someone who deserves Mother of the Year, I think it's my mum. I'm chatting with Steve McKenna. We are sharing a drive. We're currently on a major highway, stuck in a traffic jam, being spontaneous to have a coffee conversation without the coffee. And we really shouldn't take the exit to do a drive-through, hey? It's tempting. I can say we've maybe travelled about 200 metres since the start of this conversation. <laughs> so we haven't really got very far driving-wise, but we're doing well with the conversation. So We are indeed. Steve, tell us, you mentioned music was something that you really enjoyed as a young'un and your involvement with the Salvation Army Church in your local area. When you were in high school, what did you want to do and what did you choose to do when you left? Okay, I... 
I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do. One thing I was really good at was drawing. I wanted to be an architect or a draftsman because my uncle was an architect. But my grades at school, to use more an American term, I guess, weren't that good. And the thought of going to university and further study did not really appeal to me at the time. So uh, I ended up, uh, my, my father was working for uh, Victorian Railways at the time, which is now V-Line. And uh, so I ended up working for V-Line. I um, got a job at what used to be called Spencer Street Station. And I worked there for a number of years. And I, I ended up working in Geelong for V-Line as well. So I worked for uh, the railways down in Victoria for about nine years. And what was that actually doing? A variety of things. Initially, I, was, I started at the, uh, at the bottom rung, as usually you would. And uh, that was just as a station assistant at the major station in Melbourne, which is now Southern Cross. It was uh, Spencer Street at the time. Then I uh, ended up becoming a train conductor that was working on the local and interstate trains, long-distance trains, checking tickets, um, being nice to the passengers and hiding in the back of the train. But all along, you were still doing your music? That was something that really flipped your switch? Yeah, look, I really enjoyed percussion and drums and uh, and also enjoyed singing. And um, a little bit later on, I uh, took up the piano as well and I started to play the piano. And I, I actually picked up learning the piano only because I wanted to learn to play the tuned percussion, you know, like the xylophones and glockenspiels, all that sort of thing. So, yes, I became a percussionist, I guess, on the side, and as well as working on the railways, I decided to join the Army Reserve as a musician. So I spent about, uh, ooh, what, four and a half years in the Army Reserve. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. It was interesting. A couple of funny stories came out of that as well. I remember, can't remember the year, but there was a thing called the... Um, called the Army Reserve Cup, which was the VFL at the time. It was back in the 80s. And I remember at halftime on grand final day, uh, back in, I think it was 84 or 85, around about that time, I ended up playing um, on the MCG with the band, with the brass band. And I mixed the brass band with the pipe band and mm, didn't really go that well, quite frankly, because we hadn't rehearsed together or anything. But it was a bit of fun. And, um, but yes, I do, I do enjoy the music. And as time went on, with the Salvation Army, of course, I was also heavily involved with the music there between the what we call the Songster Brigade, which is church choir, and also the band. And the band I was in, in the Salvation Army Corps I went to, we did travel around a little bit around Australia, and we also went over to Singapore and Malaysia at one stage as well. Uh, I think that was Easter 1984 from memory. My goodness, it's a long time ago now. Steve, you're not only a muser, you're also a vocalist. Now, I have heard some of those tracks that you've recorded. When did you get into the vocals? Was this at the same time? Well, look, I um, grew up you know, singing in choirs and stuff, and I enjoyed that. But it was more recently where I um, decided, well... I'm not getting any work as a drummer because bands don't tend to want drummers these days. It's a lot of, you know, if you're wanting to actually get any work around as a musician, you really need to be out there, up there singing or playing an instrument. It's a lot of two, two-piece two bands and uh, whatnot getting around these days. So it was about 15 years ago or so now, I was in a uh, three-piece band and uh, we had a lead vocalist who played guitar and a bass player who couldn't sing and that sort of left me to do backup vocals and I was like, okay, well, out in a Necessity, I thought, okay, well, I better maybe sing some songs to mix it up a bit. So, yeah, I, I started doing a lot of um, Elvis stuff. Thank you very much. And, <laughs> and that sort of thing. You were always on my mind. You were 
That's the music of our guest today, Christian radio man Steve McKenna, who, as we've been hearing, was stuck in traffic with Karen Hunt when they recorded the interview. Next, we'll hear more of his story and we'll find out if the traffic clears when we return. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. We're continuing with an interview Karen Hunt did with Christian radio man Steve McKenna while they were stuck in traffic on the way to the studio. As we heard before the break, Steve was sharing how he became involved in music. Next, we'll hear about some of the styles of singing he enjoys. More recently, I've one of my loves, one of the uh, genres of music I enjoy is... Um the old jazz classics and the guys in the office will pick on me all they like and that's okay that's okay guys I know it's not your thing that's fine I know those guys really like Nickelback and they like you know but <laughs> careful <laughs> no they don't really they don't really but that's just a, that's just an in joke but um, you know I got into the uh, into the swing music into the, the the classics of the crooners you know and a little bit of Michael Bublé and that sort of stuff in other words Please be true In other words I love you Steve, I'm interested to know at this point when, where and how did you get into audio production? Was it in Melbourne? No, it was actually on the Gold Coast back in the late 90s I... I was in between jobs at the time and I had been out of work for a little while and I was sent off for a work for the doll program as it turns out and it was a blessing in disguise because they sent me to the local Christian radio station which suited me just fine being a Christian going there and that's where I learnt some uh, audio production skills. I was initially there to just upload some music and that sort of thing but eventually I uh, was there for a number of a number of years and I became their uh, production coordinator and uh, yeah did all the production at that radio station so that's where I learned my skill also did a uh, radio course at a university as well I said I wouldn't go to university but I did in the end <laughs> so I've also had some um, education on it as well you could say so maybe there are some young'uns listening thinking gee how do I get into this what was that course what would you encourage them to consider Look, if someone's wanting to consider this, there are a few radio schools around that do offer courses. You probably want to uh, Google radio school and you'd uh, you'd find the information there. I know there's a really good radio school in Melbourne, for instance, so I'm sure there's other ones around the nation as well. Yeah, that's what I would suggest to any, any young ones that want to do it and be prepared to volunteer. Volunteer your services at community radio stations. A lot of people get into this uh, via their local community radio station, whether it be Christian or or otherwise. So you were able to get some on-air smarts at the same time? Yeah, well, I did, and that was uh, initially out of necessity because being a, a, a community station at times, we were short of announcers. There were times where I was on air a fair bit. I did uh, weekend shifts a lot. Steve, so you're a program coordinator. 
audio production is your thing, music is still very much your thing. You're currently involved with the worship team in your local church. Tell us about that. Yes, I go to a church uh, called the Southland Christian Centre on the Gold Coast. Yes, yeah, so I've been going to that church for a number of years and it seems every church I end up going to, they grab me pretty quickly to end up either playing drums or percussion or singing or something. And uh, I think being a muso in church is uh, worship musicians out there would probably understand exactly where I'm coming from. You tend to be snapped up pretty quickly if you've got um, any sort of experience on an instrument or, or vocally. So yes, I've been involved uh, in the music team there quite a bit. We've actually got quite a large music team, so it's a blessing in a way where I don't need to be rostered on every week and uh, I know a lot of churches the musos tend to get burnt out after a while because they seem to be on a lot I find it a blessing when I do get to play because it is a ministry I enjoy being in that in that ministry so in that capacity Steve how important is faith to your life in itself how important is air you know, look, look. God is everything. Jesus is everything to me. Uh, if you know, I'd be lost without Him. In fact, quite frankly, I don't think I'd even be here talking to you now, even alive now, if uh, I didn't have Christ in my life. And I, I owe, I owe Him everything. I'm daily thankful for uh, daily blessings. Even the fact that we've got the opportunity to have this chat while we're stopped waiting for the traffic to move is a blessing in itself. You know, uh, I, I've had many, many blessings and um, many miracles. I guess happened in my life as well and I believe miracles don't have to be a big thing it doesn't have to be the blind seeing again although I have seen that happen it can be a little thing and I think we need to be thankful for even the little miracles that we have in our lives every day so give us an example what's one well I can give you a big one actually if you like um I remember being in a very, very serious car accident back in New Zealand. I lived in New Zealand for a few years, which I didn't mention before, but I was in a very serious high-speed car accident, which wasn't my fault, I might add, and I was lucky enough to walk away from that accident, and the other people in the other car, which I T-boned, they shouldn't have survived. They walked away as well, and I believe that that was a miracle on its own, and I believe there may have been one squashed angel. <laughs> true story. That's a true story. That about the squashed angel bit, but uh, I'm, I'm just joking about that. But I do believe that God's hand was in that and the fact that I survived that and was able to walk away. Steve, you're a bit of a crooner. How about we uh, just, you know, hear something of your miraculous voice? Give us a few bars as we head on out this morning. All right. Now, what song would you like to hear, Karen? I can do I can do a, um, a Christian song. I can do uh, Amazing Grace, which is not the sort of thing I do in the uh, local cafe when I'm singing, or I can do maybe a buble type of song, just a couple of bars, or what would you like to hear, Karen? Oh, your choice, your choice. All right, maybe a few bars of Amazing Grace, that'd be okay. Go for it. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. was lost but now I'm found was blind but now I see t'was grace that told my heart to fear 
Thanks very much, Karen. Well, I hope you enjoyed that somewhat unusual interview today with Karen Hunt chatting with Christian radio man and singer Steve McKenna while they were stuck in traffic. I never did find out how long it took them to finally get out of that jam, but thank goodness for portable recorders so that we were able to hear that chat about Steve's life journey. He's certainly a colourful and talented character, and it's great to hear how he's using his gifts for the Lord. And if you'd like to hear more of his music, he has posted some songs at a website called bandcamp.com. You can find Steve's music at mrmac1.bandcamp.com. That's mrmac1.bandcamp.com. Well, thanks for joining us for a fun and a bit of unusual interview with Steve McKenna. I'm Jimmy Colfax encouraging you to share your story with someone today. The story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life. This program is a production of Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, see vision.org.au.